relief factor, pain relief that's natural, pain relief that works, and pain relief that attacks the source of the pain. That's the experience of tens of thousands of Americans who are taking Relief Factor right now. See their incredible video endorsements at relieffactor.com and then order your three-week quick starter pack for just $19.95. That's less than a dollar a day. Find out if it can work for you like it works for me by ordering your three-week quick starter pack today. Relieffactor.com, relieffactor.com. Be the next success story. forth upon this continent a new nation conceived in liberty and dedicated to the proposition that all men are created equal. I know not what course others may take, but as for me, give me liberty or give me death. The world will little note or long remember what we say here, but it can never forget what they did here. Not what your country can do for you, ask what you can do for your country. Mr. Gorbachev, tear down this wall. I can hear you, the rest of the world hears you, and the people... And the people who knock these buildings down will hear all of us soon. And we will make America great again. This is America First with Sebastian Gorka. Welcome to America First with our special guest host, the political analyst I trust, the people's pundit, Rich Barris. Wow, what an intro. Thanks, Dr. Gorka. I am. Welcome to America First. It is Rich Barris, the people's pundit. I'm in for Dr. Sebastian Gorka today on primary day, the first in the nation, and I'm honored to be here. Look, I'm a big believer in staying in my lane, so... What I'd like to do this show is pretty much guide you through what we can expect. There's a lot of news to cover, uh, but I want to dive into New Hampshire right away because, look, we are a few hours away. Polls close in most of the state at 7, and then there are some parts in some of the larger areas that close at 8. Um, if it goes, as the polls suggest it will go, then it is the night that the former president, the 45th president, will put away his uh, final rival, the last one standing, Nikki Haley. So, But we'll see it is New Hampshire and it is finicky. But going into today, and we had the tracking poll that was the last one before the primary, and it's pretty clear that the president has momentum. You know, it's funny. Everything's anecdotal. All that is anecdotal. But listening to some of my friends in the media, and I do know who conducts exit polls and some of these people uh, that are out there, and it did seem in areas that Nikki Haley needs to do well in, that the president got this last minute, and this is what I call primary physics. He got this last minute. Uh, he's going to be the nominee vote. So I'm switching my vote and I'm voting for, I may have been considering voting for Nikki Haley, but now I'm going to vote for Donald Trump. He's going to be the nominee. Republicans want to win. Here's a problem all of these rivals had this season. We can get into all the details, but the bottom line is, and I've been on this show talking about it a lot, <clears throat> Republicans want to win. Republicans are like the most abused group of people in American politics. A Supreme Court decision yesterday is a great example. They have all of these picks on the Supreme Court. They win the presidency. 
and once again, their chief justice and somebody else jump ship and goes to the liberal justices. That never happens in reverse. And Republicans are tired of losing at things. So re regardless of what you know, the media has told them, regardless of what even some of the polls suggested, they view Donald Trump to be the strongest horse. And they're backing him because of that. That was an impossible hump to get over. If we can't look at the RCP average, can we look at the latest of that, gentlemen? Can we put that up? If not, I mean, I could just basically tell people with those tracking polls, there it is. That's called momentum. And for those who are listening, what you can see is Trump is that's the general election. Actually, the New Hampshire has Trump generally uh, touching 60 percent. And Nikki Haley mired between 36 and 38, depending on what poll you're looking at. But if you're looking at the graph, it looks like somebody's on the rise. They both were, but the trajectory of one of them is significantly higher. As a pollster, what I think people should understand is we do the best job we can, but when there's momentum like this in a primary, it is very difficult, even if you are tracking every day like Suffolk was doing, uh, it is very difficult to catch that last minute momentum, the full weight of it. And that's compounded when you have something happen like Ron DeSantis drop out at the, you know, a couple of days before the last minute. We have a good idea of where his voters were going to go. Uh, but generally speaking, it's in the air. Can we play cut one? It's in the air, not just for Republicans, but for Democrats. Senator Jen Psaki. There's an alignment here, a move towards inevitability of where this is headed. I would also note, just to add to what Michael said, I mean, I've been here since Saturday. Trump had a rally here on Saturday night. He didn't surround himself with New Hampshire electeds. He surrounded himself with South Carolina elected officials from her home state, the next big competition, to sort of line up this feeling that there's an inevitability towards his nomination. So it is sure feeling like that at this point in time. Inevitability is primary physics, and the Haley campaign is trying to fight it back. Uh, but for once, Jen Psaki is telling at least uh, most of the truth when she opens her mouth. Basically, Nikki Haley released a statement saying we're ready to move on beyond New Hampshire, but uh, we have raised this X amount of dollars, and we're ready to do it relying on independence. Look, back on planet Earth, here is the problem. This happens to every campaign that's a losing campaign. We hit this stage where they're in the denial and delusion phase. Ron DeSantis was in it before, slightly before, and just after Iowa. And it's not a dig on anybody. It's just what campaigns do. These people work hard. They want it. You get bit by that presidential bug. And it takes time for you to admit you're defeated. It takes time for you to pick up the phone and call those donors and tell them, I took all that money and I lost. So she released a statement today basically saying, I have the money to go till Super Tuesday. Folks, here's the math. Here's the problem. New Hampshire's her best state. This is it for Nikki Haley. That show of force that Jen Psaki's talking about in South Carolina was absolutely intentional. Her own state is a very Trumpy state. It's more evangelical than Iowa is. In 2016, Iowa was about two-thirds evangelical. South Carolina was about 73% evangelical. It is a very different state than the state that Nikki Haley governed almost 10 years ago. And she left the state unpopular. She had caved on the transgender issue. She caved on the Confederate flag issue. She caved on the uh, monuments issue. She raised the gas tax on and on and on. And then the final blow. Was Trump poised to win her state? She backs Marco Rubio. When Trump offered her the job at the United Nations, she took it happily, 
as a chance to work for the president, who was popular with the base, and as a chance to redeem herself and build her image back up. She had nowhere else to go after that other than Boeing. She could maybe have gone to Boeing earlier. They had a relationship long before she was ever part of the Trump administration. The facts are after New Hampshire, there's really not a whole lot that you can do. There just aren't places that you could go. The demographics are not on her side. Now, we're also entering the phase when people start saying they want to take their ball and go home. Is this really an issue? We're going to talk about this in a little bit with our next guest in the next segment. Let me just, pre- let me just preface it with this. For the last year, we've been asking Republican voters, what are you going to do if your candidate is not the Republican nominee? Are you going to vote for the Democratic nominee? Will you consider voting third party? Are you going to write in your guy? Do you love your guy or your girl so much that you're going to write them on the ballot if that's an option? Or maybe you just won't vote at all. Nikki Haley and Chris Christie were the only two candidate candidates who had voters who said in large, large numbers, I'm going to vote for the Democratic nominee. When you look at who these people are, it's because they are Democrats. For the most part, no matter what you see on X, no matter what you see on Twitter, people are angry. This happens. This is what this is. It takes time for people to come around. But social media is real, but it's not really representative. Ron DeSantis's voters, vast majority of them say they'll vote for Donald Trump. Nikki Haley's voters are Democrats. Many of them are Democrats. And I know everybody wants people to believe that this party uh, is going to have a hard time uniting. But the fact is, there have been a lot of these people pretending to be Republicans for many years. And I guarantee you, if we were to chase down their votes and there was any way to, to see how some of these people voted, you would see they voted for Joe Biden. This realignment is well underway. And there's not a whole lot that the never, never Trump, whatever you want to call them, the anti-Trump forces really can do about it. Demographics just are not on their side. A couple of days ago, Ron DeSantis absolutely got that reality check. An internal poll came in, showed that he just didn't have the numbers in South Carolina to even qualify for delegates. This becomes a matter of delegate math now. Where is she going to go? Is she going to go to South Carolina? And even if she meets the 20-point threshold, which you need a minimum of 20% of the vote to even be eligible to receive delegates, if you do that, you have to stop Trump from hitting a majority. Not going to happen. We'll be back in a couple of minutes after the break. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-702-5400. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in... Anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-702-5400. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. 
Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-702-5400. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. You're watching America First. Rich Barrison for Dr. Mark. Threats to our financial freedom and stability are growing. China, Russia, India, Brazil, and Saudi Arabia are conducting international trade in local currencies, not the U.S. dollar. Rising interest rates and bad loans are exposing the banking system and causing failures. The Biden administration sends hundreds of billions abroad while depleting our strategic oil reserves and ignoring crumbling infrastructure. However, the biggest financial threat may be coming from within. Central bank digital currency is real. Patents have been filed and the big banks have released plans for implementation. The vets at Midas Gold Group see tyrannical implications. The end of cash? The end of financial privacy? Big government able to see your every purchase? Could there be ties to a social credit system? You can own private currency. Gold and silver. Get free silver just for asking Midas Gold Group how you can use your retirement to own physical gold. Call Midas Gold Group today at 855-322-GOLD. That's 855-322-4653. MidasGoldGroup.com. Welcome back to America First with our special guest host, Rich Barris from Big Data Polls. Yeah, every segment, I guess, huh? Yeah, I'm Rich Barris, the People's Pundit in the saddle for Dr. Gorka and honored to be. Uh, we're back. So, look, I want to bring on a uh, great friend, great patriot to you know, elaborate on what we we're just talking about, the unity of this party and where the future of the Republican Party is headed. If we can bring him on, Sean Parnell, ladies and gentlemen, the former uh, candidate for U.S. Senate in Pennsylvania. He'd be the sitting senator right now, I'm telling you, um, God willing. Listen, thanks for joining America First, Sean. How you doing, brother? Hey, it's great to be here, Rich. Look, uh, before I get a clip I want to play, but before I even do, at the end of the last segment, because you were in the you were kind of in the trenches, you supported uh, President Trump for this nomination without a doubt. But if anybody watches Battleground, your show, they know that you will tell them what you think is the truth, no matter whether or not it, it, it's good for you in your opinion or not. And it looks like it was bitter. It looks like it was brutal on uh, on X. But what do you think is going to happen moving forward here as far as unity goes? I mean, ultimately. They're going to rally behind the nominee to defeat Joe Biden, or you think there's going to be take my ball and go home? Well, I mean, if Republicans want to win, they have to rally around President Trump. I've been saying this for a long time. They should have done it. They should have rallied around President Trump months ago, because the reality is, if you it, we're not just talking about one outlier poll that had Trump up 30 in <laughs> Iowa. We saw a million. And not only that, we saw tr- tr- uh, President Trump trend upward in every single successive poll since he got in the race. And so the polls were correct in Iowa. Trump walked away with what was an historic victory, uh, the largest victory ever since Bob Dole in 1988, as as you know, 
And now we're going into New Hampshire. So extend that logic. If the polls are correct and the trends are correct, President Trump is going to walk away from New Hampshire with an historic victory tonight. And and this is going to be interesting because obviously New Hampshire is is very different than Iowa, just different voters altogether. But New Hampshire is a very interesting mix of base MAGA Republicans and establishment Republicans. And if Nikki Haley, listen, man, if she can't pull within single digits here, and that is a very, very tall order. I don't see how she moves on, especially to her home state of South Carolina, where she's looking about, she's looking like she's going to get shellacked by, by 30 points. And, and the last thing I'll say on this, Rich, is that did you notice how you know, Sununu and, and Haley have moved the goalposts to where I think a month ago yeah. we had Sununu and Haley out there. Oh, my gosh. Oh, she's definitely going to win if the people that come out to vote that are supposed to come out to vote, if they do that. Oh, she, she's definitely going to definitely going to win, too. Yesterday. Well, I think she's going to keep it close. So if you're a campaign and you're saying that stuff on the eve of an election, probably not going well for you right now. Yeah, I'm telling you, I was going to bring this up in a later segment, the expectations game that we all see, you know, candidates and campaigns play uh, in primaries. But, you know, the, the funny thing about New Hampshire, which is what you just said, there really is very little, if not no expectation game, because this is the one state where if she's going to make a play, it's going to be here. It has to be now. She cannot talk about what she's going to do later down the road. And if the voters of New Hampshire reject her, the Republican primary voters probably be 40 to 45 percent independent, non-registered as a a non-party affiliated. If they uh, together reject her in what the polls suggest they will, then that's a big deal. I don't know if we have do we have time to play that clip from Byron Donalds, because I think he nailed it. I think he really says it all. And can we do that? Donald Trump has done this job, Laura. We've talked about that many, many times. And Nikki Haley does represent the old guard in the old way in the Republican Party. That's how she came up. That's how she governed in South Carolina. The voters in our country, Republican voters in our country, do not want that. They are tired of business as usual in Washington, D.C., and frankly, in a lot of state capitals in our country. What they want is an agenda that speaks for them, that speaks to them, that demonstrates that our our government is serious about doing everything of, by, and for the people, not for businesses, not for foreign nationals, not for international globalist communities, but for the American people first and foremost. That's what they want, and that's what they're going to get. Yeah, Sean, she's talking to the old guard, by the way. I mean, she's on Fox News that was not very favorable to the former president. You are uh, Western Pennsylvania, you know, bred, brother. Are they going back to Bushism? No. No, the party has fundamentally changed and the, the establishment is dead. And and here's what's going to be very interesting. OK, Nikki Haley has said, regardless of what happens in New Hampshire, she's going to move on. Now, I don't know how she's going to do that. She's going to have to do some serious soldier searching to try to figure out if she wants to be embarrassed in her own home state. But when you recognize and look at the 30,000 foot plan of the Democrats, and that's full spectrum political warfare against their opponents with lawfare, whether it's going after Trump's name and legacy New York, 90 federal counts and trying to throw him in prison for life, trying to use the 14th Amendment bogus insurrection uh, arguments to kick him off the ballot. And now Nikki Haley. She is the fifth pillar of this because she has Democrats working for her, Democrat lobbyists and Democrats funding her campaign. So don't be surprised if she continues to move on. 
Yeah, I'm, this is what I really think. I'm going to impress on people. This is what I was talking about in the last segment. She is a Democrat. I mean, the people that she is, we are in the middle of a realignment. The people that she is attracting are Democrats. And I think it's time that people recognize the realignment has been occurring for years. Republicans resisted it because they didn't like Trump. They didn't like Trumpism. Uh, but the fact of the matter is you can't stop that when it's organic, when it's natural, it's happening. It never, it, it will never stop evolving, you know, political coalitions. That's just how they are. Um, so last last thing here, Sean, I don't know how much time we got left here, but last thing. Um, you think some of these people that were opposing the former president this cycle were really operating in good faith? Do you think they opposed him because they thought they were the better choice? Or do you think that they really, uh, more sinister, relying on other forces to kind of help them out, hurt him in the primary? And that uh, they they saw that opening and they thought they would take it out of ambition. What's your general take? I mean, certainly, I mean, my answer would be a little from column A, a little from column B on this yeah. one. Uh, one yeah. of the things that became manifestly apparent to me in the wake of Trump's historic win in Iowa was just how many conservatives there are with massive, massive platforms. Now, these are people that are supposed to be ours on our side, advancing in the conservative football down the field to stop the wholesale destruction of this country and to stop the radical left. But these people, there are many of them who are, are probably pretty nice people trying to give them a little bit grace, but they just fundamentally do not understand this movement. They don't understand what President Trump has done to this party. I mean, the Republican Party, we are no longer country club conservatives, man. The Democrats are the party of ivory tower academia. They're the party of big tech oligarchs. They're the party of Hollywood celebrities. They, they are the party of, of the billionaire class, man. We are the party of the American working class. And President Trump revolutionized this party to give us that opportunity. And Republicans, we should embrace it. But there is a faction out there that have significant influence in this party that seem resistant to that. And it makes me wonder what their true motivation really is. Yeah, it's a great point. Folks, follow him on Battleground with Sean Parnell on Rumble, 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Thanks, Sean. All the best, my friend. See you, brother. It's a great Did you know that 84% of New Year's resolutions fail in the first six weeks? That's got me thinking about PhD weight loss and nutrition and why it was a success for me. Why I haven't gained one pound of my 42-pound weight loss back. Why Jeff, my producer, decided to start the program. Most people blame their failure on a lack of time, motivation, and a loss of zeal. PhD makes it simple. It doesn't take a lot of extra time. They are masters of motivation. You have a team of coaches by your side the whole time, and you don't lose your zeal because every week you make great strides, so you stay excited. Do something different this year and call PhD Weight Loss and Nutrition, 864-644-1900 to get started or online at myphdweightloss.com. Don't do this alone. The number, 864-644-1900, myphdweightloss.com.
welcome back to America First with our special guest host, Rich Barris from Big Data Polls. Thank you, Dr. Gorka. Welcome back to America First. This is Rich Barris, the People's Pundit, sitting in for Dr. Gorka. Honored to be doing so on primary day, New Hampshire, first in the nation. Uh, big night tonight, without a doubt. But I do want to get back to the Supreme Court decision, siding with the Biden administration over Texas. And now we we have with us uh, Daniel Street. He's a lawyer and author. He's going to help us break down um, this decision. Daniel, thanks so much for joining us. Welcome to America First. Hey, thank you for having me on. It's a privilege to be here. Can you make this make sense to some of the viewers from, you know, the, the, the legal point of view, you know, where uh, where uh, Chief Justice Roberts and Amy Coney Barrett, you know, what was their rationale in siding with the liberals on this? Sure. Well, you know, I think a little background is in order uh, just for sure. the for your audience. The the case arose out of the state of Texas that put up about 29 miles worth of a, a razor wire, essentially, during I mean, on a portion of the border near Eagle Pass, Texas. And uh, the United States Border Patrol decided they wanted to take it down. The state of Texas went and filed suit in federal court in uh, the Del Rio district, or the Del Rio division in federal court in West Texas and asked, among other things, uh, you know, they actually filed what are called uh, conversion and trespass to chattel claims. Those are common law claims. And basically what they're saying is, hey, the United States government is destroying our property. We had the right to put this property in place. We have the right to use it and they're unlawfully taking custody of it and destroying it. And uh, those are trespass to chattel and conversion claims, and they got a federal district court to grant a temporary restraining order, which is a, uh, you know, a form of injunctive relief that orders someone to stop doing something. In this case, the district court ordered the United States government, and specifically the United States Border Patrol, to stop destroying this uh, razor wire. Now, that, that order was extended a couple of times, but what happened was the, the federal district court ruled that preliminary injunctive relief was not available. So let me explain that real quick. There's basically three types of injunctive relief. There is a temporary restraining order which says, hey, you can't do this right now until we have some hearings about it. Then there's preliminary injunctive relief, which covers until a trial on the merits is held. And then there's uh, what's called a permanent injunction, which is after the court holds the trial and says, look, you can no longer do this forever. Well, the issue here, well, part of the issue is what's called sovereign immunity. Ordinarily, parties can't sue the government unless the government's waived its sovereign immunity. That waiver is 5 U.S.C. 702. And the district judge ruled, hey, I gave you a TRO, but I can't give you a preliminary injunction because 5 U.S.C. 702 doesn't allow for that. And that got appealed by the state of Texas to the United States uh, Court of Appeal for the Fifth Circuit. The Fifth Circuit reversed that decision and rendered a preliminary injunction, which would maintain the status quo until the trial. That ruling was appealed to the United States Supreme Court, and then a two-paragraph opinion or decision or order, the United States Supreme Court reversed the Fifth Circuit. So that's what really took place. And the important part is the case isn't over by a long way. Yeah. And uh, the, what – the, the real question is, what was the 
majority uh, hanging their hat on at the United States Supreme Court. And um, I'd be glad to elaborate on that, but the true answer is we don't actually know because the order doesn't say. This is – well, that's what I thought. You went exactly where I was going to go, which is not, number one, um, this isn't the end of this fight. Uh, but also it's kind of hard to determine – uh, where it will ultimately come to a head because they just didn't elaborate elaborate on it. And um, you know, this is not the first time. I think a lot of Republicans and conservatives are rightfully, you know, mad that it's just the same people. You know, if it's not Brett Kavanaugh with Justice Roberts, it's Amy Coney Barrett with Justice Roberts. And even some of the decisions I've seen Gorsuch side with uh, the liberals on. Uh, he's more of a textualist, right? So I actually understood where he was coming from. But so many of Barrett's decisions, Daniel, I don't get outside of, you know, that she is what she, um, you know, <laughs> what I think she is, which is, again, people have this misconception of what a strong Southern conservative may be, where she came from, her background. So what do you think uh, would be the most persuasive argument? That's what I want to hear when we come on the other side of the break. All right. Stick with us. For, uh, it's America First with Sebastian Gorka. I'm Rich Barris. People find it in for Dr. Gorka. We'll be back in a few with Daniel Street. My buddy Mike Lindell and the MyPillow employees want to thank my listeners for all your continued support. To thank you, they're having an overstock clearance sale right now for the best prices ever when you use promo code G-O-R-K-A. And you get free shipping on your entire order. Get 50% off the MyPillow 2.0 and the brand new flannel sheets that just arrived and won't last long. And take advantage of the free shipping on larger items like mattresses and mattress toppers. 100% made in the USA, on sale for as low as $99.99. Everything is on sale from the brand new kitchen towels that have the same technology as the bath towels that actually absorb the dog beds, blankets, couch pillows, and so much more. To get the best specials ever, go to MyPillow.com or call 800-829-8468 and use promo code GORKA. That's G-O-R-K-A and you'll get free shipping on your entire order. Welcome back to America First with our special guest host, Rich Barris from Big Data Polls. Thank you, Dr. Gorka. Welcome back to America First. This is Rich Barris, the People's Pundit, filling in for Dr. Gorka. Honored to be doing so on primary day of all days. Uh, we are talking with Daniel Street, lawyer and author about the decision from the Supreme Court, uh, siding with the Biden administration at this moment anyway, against the state of Texas. And just real quick before we get back into this, Daniel, I got to bring up uh, that your books are just off the chain good. The last one, Fake News Exposed, is amazing. Uh, there's several of them, folks. I've read every single one of them. He, because you're a lawyer, you prosecute the media and I say this every time I talk to somebody about your books, that there's always something I forget. We all have forgotten 
that the media lied about, said that just the most outrageous fake news, the most outrageous lie, and because of how they do it and they obscure and um, you know the narrative of a story, you know, two weeks later you find out it was totally bunk. The the mind, the human mind, lets it go and forgets about it. And your books are great because they you, you just don't. I mean, it's they're so good. But I just wanted to bring that up, and people should definitely go check them out. But you know, real quick, I, there was we were talking about this on the other side of the uh, during the break a little bit, and I've seen this and heard this argument before, and um, I hope you write about it on Substack because it's is it possible that conservatives are making not that this isn't a defeat, but that conservatives are making a little bit too big of uh, a thing. It's not as bad as they as they may expect or they may think. Yes, absolutely. Uh, and I think, too, that important point to make is that the district judge in this case, uh, if, if you go look at his decision, he just makes one decision after another, one fact-finding after another, just literally hammering the government. And when he got to the preliminary injunction, now remember he had granted a TRO and extended it several times. That's a temporary restraining order to stop the government from removing the razor wire. And uh, – when he got to the preliminary stage, preliminary injunction stage, he denied the request. And he did that because he did not think that 5 U.S.C. 702 allowed him to grant that relief. And there are several – that may or may not be right. The Fifth Circuit ruled that he was incorrect, and the Supreme Court reversed. And I will say it's a legitimate interpretation of 5 U.S.C. 702. I think the court could go either way. But the other issue is – the government made several other arguments. They argued that the Federal Tort Claims Act is the exclusive remedy. They argued that intergovernmental immunity doctrine protected the USA from the Texas suit. And they argued uh, that the U.S. government had jurisdictional immunity under the Immigration and Naturalization Act. Yeah. We don't know what, yeah, we don't know what basis the Supreme Court decided on, but I can tell you that um, any number of conservative judges might reach one of those conclusions in, you know, in accordance with their judicial philosophy. So I would caution people to say, hey, this is Justice Roberts and Justice Coney, uh, just Coney Barrett just ignored what the law is. I wouldn't say that at all. Um, Justice Barrett is an eminently well-qualified. I mean, listen, she's one of the most brilliant lawyers I've ever seen. And, uh, you know, she she clerked for Justice Scalia and has uh, she's a devout Catholic. I think that uh, she's a fantastic addition to the court, even though maybe it wouldn't have been my first choice. But not that anybody cares about what my choice is. But I, I wouldn't I would caution anybody to say, hey, don't think she's not a legitimate conservative because there's conservative grounds upon which this decision could be made. Let me let me ask you about her a little bit, because I'll tell you what I. I, I'll tell you what. I absolutely uh, favored uh, Lagoa. Uh, I thought it was time for the court, especially Trump, to do it because of Trump's uh, – I don't even want to call it an ideology, but his agenda. I thought it was time for a Republican like Trump to put a woman on the court who uh, knew – like the horrors of leftism firsthand, Daniel. Like I think that some of us are just mm -hmm. too insulated. You know what I mean? We're too insulated. We we know we we know nothing but America. We feel this very um, 
you know, how could I put it? We have this false sense of security because we are Americans and we, we're not uh, used to living with the threat of authoritarianism right around the corner all the time. And I just felt like it was a di time for a different point of view. And I really liked her, her rulings and her credentials. I'm, again, I'm not a lawyer, but tell us a little bit about Amy Coney Barrett, like, you know, her background. Like, is this what we would expect her to be? And there's no doubt the woman is qualified. There's just no doubt. Um, but what do you what do you make of? You know, she comes from a different class than yeah. I think a lot of Trump voters, you know, is what I'm saying. Yeah, absolutely. And I have to say, in, in, in the, the interest of full disclosure to the audience, uh, I have a bias in favor of uh, Justice Coney Barrett because, you know, she, I'm from <laughs> Louisiana. She's from Louisiana and, it, and uh, yeah. has a – yeah, and I, I don't know her personally, but we're, we're from the same generation. I mean, she's a couple of years younger than me, so – but um, she is what might fairly be characterized as kind of upper crust New Orleans uh, aristocracy type. You know, her father was yeah. a um, yeah, he was an oil uh, he was an, uh, an attorney for a Shell Oil Company, and uh, you know, devoutly Catholic. And he's a he's a deacon, I believe. He used to be at a uh, parish in Metairie, and so these are. These are uh, kind of upper crust, uh, traditional Republican household, and yeah. Um, yeah, I, w I would. It wouldn't be too far of a stretch to say she's a little bit like a uh, kind of a bourgeois Republican establishment type. Uh, that might be too simple or too broad of a brush, but her conservative credentials are legit, and um, so you know. I think like most people, and I think the person that you were referring to who you favored for that nomination was the conservative Hispanic woman from Florida. Yeah. Is that right? Yeah. I that's exactly right. Stacey, Cuban. Yep. That's right. So there, were, there, I was one of the people uh, doing what little I could to try to push her nomination. But um, Justice Barrett, Coney Barrett's an outstanding judge, and she's a great person. But but she would be, I think, fairly characterized as something of an establishment Republican. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, you know, I'm just dealing with some of that uh, earlier today. And I, yeah, that's why I wanted to have you on, Daniel, because you know the world, you know that society. Um, and, of course, the legal aspect. Thank you so much for coming on last minute. Daniel Street, ladies and gentlemen, go check out Daniel Street, DanielRStreet.com. You'll love the books. Thanks for having, you know, for coming on such a short notice, Daniel. Uh, we'll be back. More America First. Rich Barris. Welcome back to America First with our special guest host, Rich Barris from Big Data Polls. Thank you, Dr. Gorka. This is Rich Barris, the People's Pundit, in for Dr. Gorka on America First. All right, this one, we got to talk about immigration. Women see it as a safety issue. Working class Americans see it as an economic issue. It's about wages. It's about policing and crime, safety, education, health care, you name it. 
and Republicans are not aligned with the president or the future uh, Republican nominee on um, where uh, he uh, on his agenda on Agenda 27 is a bold agenda to uh, carry out mass deportations to then again secure the border. Now I want to bring on my next guest to talk about it. Uh, David Giglio is running in California 20 to fill Kevin McCarthy's seat that is being vacated. David jumped in before. Uh, Kevin McCarthy retired. He jumped in to challenge him. And uh, now there are opponents in the race. Immigration is becoming a huge issue in that race. David, thanks for coming on to talk about it. No problem. Thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, I am the only one here that actually stood up to challenge Kevin McCarthy directly to hold him accountable for his years of broken promises and failures. And I'm a little disappointed that he uh, cut and ran the second he got the gavel taken away, because I think Kevin owed it <laughs> to the people of the Central Valley. And I think he owed it to the people of the nation to have to actually answer for some of his failures and his years of broken promises. So, you know, he, he ran away pretty quickly. But uh, yeah, now we have a host of surrogates in the race, and it's an important seat. It's a deep red seat. It's an R plus 25. Rich, you talk about this all the time. Republicans have an epidemic in the party that we have some of our worst members come from our deepest red seats. And these are where the disruptors should be. This is where the change agent should come from. And this seat deserves a change agent. Let me ask you this, David. Uh, I want to run this clip because you're right. You will never find a Democrat in a D plus 20 or D plus 30. That's a moderate Democrat. It's hard to find him today anyway, but you will never find one in a deep blue seat. Your opponents, you guys have been having forums. Uh, one of them openly put out, and uh, what is it? I mean, in my mind, it is an amnesty. The other one chuckled at the thought of Donald Trump's proposal to remove uh, uh people who came here illegally under the Biden administration. I want to play a clip from Kamala Harris, and then I want to talk to you about it. Let's uh, run cut two real quick. Well, so there is no question that our immigration system is broken. And so much so that we, as the first bill that we offered after our inauguration was to fix the immigration system, which included what we must do to create a pathway for citizenship, Mm -hmm. and to put the resources that are needed into the border. Let me ask you a question, because anybody can say that. Please tell me the difference between what Kamala just said and what Sheriff Bordreau continues to say on the campaign trail. All right. And I got to say, you know, I'm big fan of Rick Grinnell. I'm the big fan of his work in the Trump administration. He got behind Sheriff Bordreau here. That is indistinguishable from what Sheriff Boudreaux is arguing on the campaign trail. And we don't have to get to Kirkland yet, who's just no. a, wants free flows of illegals. Do me a favor, dissect well, it for me. Make well, me well first off, I'm, first off I'm, I'm impressed that Kamala Harris made it through that sentence there. It, she struggled a little bit, but she got through a coherent <laughs> sentence. So, uh, but yeah, listen, um, that's the thing here. You know, he's, he's trying to dial this up. He has, you know, he has made numerous comments to, these are his words in interviews to the Fresno Bee, to the LA Times, he has said this over and over again. He is in favor of a pathway to citizenship. Unfortunately, when he gets in front of voters that he knows are real conservatives and members of the district, he tries to dance around this and doll it up. And, you know, given the old age, old Republican establishment argument that, you know, deporting people is not a feasible path, you know, goes with the dreamers argument for pretending that these are all two-year-old kids that are over them. That's not what dreamers are. You know, this is democratic tactics. Pathway to citizenship is amnesty. There's anywhere from 11 million to 15 million illegal aliens in our country. And uh, if you want to give a pathway decision, we're $34 trillion in debt. It's going to cost at least $4 trillion of U.S. tax dollars if we grant pathway to citizenship. And what's going to become of it? Nothing. 
65% of these people are going to end up on welfare social programs. So it's going to be a massive strain on taxpayers. It's going to be a massive strain on our healthcare system, on our schools, on our infrastructure. It's just something the American people can't afford. And, you know, they like to say, well, people that haven't committed crimes. But I say, you can't pick and choose what laws matter. On day one, these people told you their first act was to tell you that they don't respect the sovereignty and the laws of the United States. And they're just going to come in here. If we reward this behavior, the problem is only going to worsen. And quite frankly, it still boggles my mind that Republicans can't figure this out. Once you grant amnesty, millions yeah. around the globe are going to see that and they're going to come in. It's crazy that John Fetterman has more of a MAGA-aligned thing because he understands, like you said, he understands this is about protecting American workers, too. Yeah, let me ask you this. Uh, it seems like Republican voters have been great at uh, tuning out the nonsense and deciding not to let media and big money pick their presidential nominee. But down ballot, uh, you know, money still talks. And unfortunately, yeah. you've been down this road before. You told the voters in your last race that John Duarte would be an amnesty pushing, uh, not, you know, whatever, not Trump hating, uh, not MAGA, you know, uh, Republican. The, this is the issue, I think, that Republican voters, and want your take on this. Donald Trump at this moment is got to be seen as a favorite to win the presidency. I don't think any political analyst uh, could make a serious case that he is not at least slightly favored over Joe Biden right now. But will it matter, David, if all of these people who lie to the voter, they all run as champions of the border, they lie to the president, they lie to the president's people, uh, they get in and they don't support his agenda. Your, I mean, your opponents are openly saying, one even laughing, at many major pieces of Agenda 47. So is this, I mean, honestly, is this concern well, a, that this would stifle his agenda case. moving forward? It's a concern because this already happened after 2016. I mean, he had a House and Senate that were Republicans, yeah. and they're the ones who stopped him from building the wall. Listen, I've been a, a, an avid supporter of President Trump from day one. That's one of the reasons Kevin McCarthy spent millions to stop me in the last race. There's an epidemic in the Republican Party. You're right. People recognize they don't they don't buy the bullcrap from these other Republican candidates in the presidential race. But down ballot, money does a lot of damage. And last time I ran Kevin McCarthy, they yeah. spent about a million bucks sending out 30 something mailers promising voters in the 20th district that John Duarte was going to vote to secure the borders, that he was a real true conservative. And his accent, he's been there. He's the, one of only two Republicans to vote against H.R. 2, the border bill. So what they do is they use their money and their deep pockets to convince voters that they're actually supporting true America first MAGA candidates. And then when these people get in, they govern however they want because they're not funded by the voters. They're funded by Kevin McCarthy and rich donors that don't believe in these things. So this is a huge problem. President Trump, I think the biggest obstacle to him accomplishing everything he wants to accomplish next time is his own party. And he needs a Congress filled yeah. with loyal supporters, not just people who are going to endorse him now that the race is over, not just people that want to get to D.C. He needs people that really believe in his vision and the things he's saying. Otherwise, he's going to have a difficult time doing everything he wants to do. And quite frankly, the, the, the country needs him to be able to fully implement Agenda 47. And so mass deportations is something he has talked about over and over again. It is a key part of his plan. There is no one in this race that is willing to say those words on stage and promise voters they're going to support Trump with that. I've said it numerous times over and over again. I was laughed at by other people in this race, mocked by people in this race. They want to dodge the issue. I'm with the president on that. And he needs people like me. And unfortunately, money is a problem. And you even see it with President Trump. 
these big and what's going on in New Hampshire yeah. right now, these big Republican donors that fund the Republican Party, they despise Trump's movement. They despise America first. And they're willing to spend their money to trick people and even to get Democrats to sabotage Trump and his movement. So this is a big concern and as David, I have because I want – go ahead. Come, uh, let me just say, come the general, they're going to cry poor. They're going to cry that they they spent all the money in the primary. They don't have it to give to candidates down ballot. They certainly don't have it to give to Donald Trump. This is what – mark my words. That's what they're going to do. I'm running low on time, so I just really want you to get this yeah. uh, answer to this. They can't stand you because of your positions without a doubt. But they also are a clique, and you've lived in the Central Valley now for many, many years, but they can't stand that you weren't born in Central Valley. What would you say to people who, who say that, that, uh, you know, I, I, want, I want to support someone who was born in the Central Valley? What would you say to them? That's an excuse for these these click in the good old boys club in the Central Valley to keep power, because I actually openly talk about this to voters, and I've had voters laugh and say, what the heck does that matter to me where you were born? They know that I choose to live here. They know that I'm fighting for them here. The actual voters don't care. And I want to say this is a deep red MAGA seat. The person who comes from the seat should, should not question anything President Trump wants to do. So listen, the president can make a huge impact. We have still over a month before this race. If President Trump were to come in and say, I endorse David Giglio, we'd win this thing. And quite frankly, President Trump should do this around the country, regardless of if he wins all of them, because he needs as many loyal soldiers as possible. This yeah. is the final battle for him. This is the final battle for America. He needs to endorse as many true loyalists as he can and get as many through as he can, because then he'll be able to succeed and implement his agenda. So anybody who thinks I wasn't born here matters. I'll tell you what, the people of the Valley don't care. It's the good old boys club that cares. And all they care about is getting their buddies elected and keeping the, the wheels and the developers getting rich. So thanks for having me on. And I hope the president's watching. Yeah, how do, how do those uh, natural how, how are those Central Valley born people doing? All right, thanks, David Vigilio, everybody. Go check them out. Thanks for joining us. All right, we'll be right back after this break. You're watching America First, Sebastian Gorka. I'm Rich Barris, People's Pundit, in for Seb. See you on the other side of the break. Welcome back to America First with our special guest host, Rich Barris from Big Data Polls. Thanks again, Dr. Porco. Welcome back to American First. I am your guest host for the day, Rich Barris, the People's Pundit, in for Dr. Gorka on primary day, New Hampshire Day. Look, what an appropriate intro, right? A little Black Sabbath. Uh, you know, could be the end of Never Trump tonight. And to talk about this, I'm going to bring on Liz Harrington, the Trump campaign spokesperson. Liz, thanks for joining America First. Always great to see you, Rich. So how we uh, how we doing tonight? You know, I mean, generally uh, speaking, we saw the you know we went into this in the last segment. We saw Nikki Haley's statement. I wanted to get your take on what you know what um, what you thought of that. Basically, saying they have the resources to fight all the way to Super Tuesday. Yada yada yada. What do you, what's your reaction? <laughs> so translation, we have a bunch of funding from Democrats. <laughs> We're trying to get support from Democrats to be the alternative to Biden or whoever the Democrats put up. It doesn't even make any sense. Uh, that's why the people see right through it. I mean, we had a historic showing in Iowa already. Uh, which was just absolutely amazing. And look, she got crushed by over 30 points, came in third place. Uh, look, I, I think this should be put to bed. 
It should have been put to bed a long time ago, but the American people are so smart. Uh, this is so much bigger than just about Donald J. Trump. It's about the future of our country. And, you know, Rich, I was thinking, you know, you see some of these uh, exit polls come in and all of that, and they always emphasize, in all polls, really, and they claim that this is a negative for President Trump, that a lot of independents. Well, think about it. If you're independent, you're probably not happy with Democrats or Republicans. So who would you want to support? President Trump, who literally is the only one who's offered real alternative uh, to for the American people. So I just think it's a totally media creation, a fake news narrative that President Trump can't win independence. He absolutely has before and will again. Yeah, I mean, there's a big difference between, you know, who may be voting in New Hampshire uh, tonight versus, you know, what the polls tell us nationally and and, and in other states. Uh, you know, he's obviously uh, the Harvard-Harris poll just came out. Uh, Joe Biden in the final 2020 was up 14 points with independence. And now President Trump's up 10 points. Uh, you know, we knew this was going to happen, though. Right, Liz? I mean, we knew they made this thing about the ability of independents to vote in New Hampshire. I mean, the margin she would have to win them by and then hold her own among Republicans. You know, we'll just have to see what those results uh, say when they come in. But really, I mean, realistically speaking, from the campaign's point of view, New Hampshire is her best bet. You see that, right? I mean, that you see it the same way. That was her best state demographically. Where else on the map after New Hampshire, you know, it, it, is there somewhere to be concerned about? And that's just my, there's, I can't see it. There's no path. I mean, Rich, what, what, what's the path? I mean, you can't, yeah. MAGA is not just, they call it a base. It's not a base. It's the largest political movement in American history. And you don't have that. You're not winning the primary. You're not winning a general. Uh, and she thinks that she can just, you know, subsist off never Trump Democrat funders uh, and the hopes that, Democrat-funded lawfare will somehow prevent President Trump uh, from being on the ballot or, you know, being uh, the nominee. I mean, the people aren't going to accept that. They're absolutely not going to accept that you Democrats fund you to try to steal away the nomination from the people. So it's it's crazy. And you're headed to South Carolina, who all throughout this weekend, we've had every major elected official from South Carolina supporting President Trump. This is her home state. She has no support yeah. there, certainly with the people where she's down by 40 points. So there is no path. And this politics is, is, is a very nasty, sick grift that they try to keep the gravy train running as long as they can. Let's get down to real business for the people, for this country to save America. That's what President Trump is only focused on. That's what he always will be focused on. That's it. Yeah, I would tell people, too, with those exit polls, Liz, they said it's a CNN one. They were not very good in Iowa. They understated Trump's support in Iowa. The AP was better, right. th that vote cast. But uh, two-thirds almost of the electorate, uh, even in there, and uh, exit poll is conservative. So even if 47% of the electorate is independent, they're more conservative independents. So it's like they always right. misread this stuff. The business model itself is broken in the media. It's it's not incentivized to tell people the truth. They love the horse race. That's what they want. And they're draining, um, well, they certainly love draining Republican resources. You know, So there's really the two arguments I wanted to um, bring up to you now. There's this 
and well, we'll do it on the other side of the break. But basically, do Republicans move forward now to the general election, or do they keep this in the you know the, the rear view mirror? And that's what they got to answer tonight or themselves. Period. Uh, we'll be back after this break with more of Liz Harrington. Watching America first, Sebastian Porca. I'm Rich Barris, sitting in for Dr. Porca. See you on the other side of the break. Welcome back to America First with our special guest host, Rich Barris from Big Data Polls. Thanks, Dr. Gorka. This is Rich Barris, the People's Pundit, filling in for Dr. Gorka on America First. On primary day, New Hampshire, first in the nation primary, I'm joined here with Trump spokesperson Liz Harrington. As we are starting to digest some of these exit polls, we're now about a quarter to 6, 7 p.m. Some of the state's polls will change. Uh, Liz, I was just looking at the AP vocast. Um, another big number, like we saw in Iowa, is saying they want big change. Um, the electorate does appear to be about two-thirds conservative. You know, how does everybody feel going into tonight? And then ultimately, you know, what do you think tonight means? Well, look, I think we feel very good. We've put in a lot of work. President Trump, nobody works harder than he does. He takes nothing for granted. Just like in Iowa when, you know, you couldn't account for the weather, but it didn't matter. We had the the team in place. We had the amazing candidate uh, who's really the leader of a movement that we've never seen in this country. And that's what this is about. And people, it doesn't really matter where they live. They they want the same things. And President Trump speaks to all those and they know that he'll deliver on them because he delivered once before already. And if you're seeing that number that want real change, I mean, that's what we actually got with President Trump. They want to change back to that. And even more so because he'll be able to do so much more uh, in this historic second term. It's really about delivering for the people. And you're going to get the same old, same old with Nikki Haley, who is another globalist, is another uniparty hack. There's no substantive difference between her and the people running the Biden government. There just isn't. There will be no change whatsoever. It'll be the status quo into oblivion. That's what's happening to our country. And it, it, it has to be changed. It has to, the power has to be returned back to the people. President Trump is the one who does that. And on issue after issue after issue, it, you look at what matters to people, President Trump delivers on all those. And they know you're not going to get real results uh, with anyone else. You know, that's a great point, actually, uh, just to give you some of the, the numbers as they roll off issue after issue. Uh, immigration is the top issue so far, according to AP Vocast. About four in 10 said immigration, the economy eased back. But get this, seven in 10 say that immigrants in the U.S. do more to hurt the country than help it. And 80 percent say they favor the border wall, Trump's border wall along the southern border. Um, Three in 10 said the economy was the number one issue. And 80 percent say they want substantial change or complete and total upheaval of how this country is run. That's their wording. 
So, oh, so hey, do they want the chaos? (laughs) Do they want the chaos that Nikki Haley claims? You know, everyone, nobody wants this. They just want to be, you know, lulled to sleep uh, while the country goes off the cliff, I guess. I mean, it's so absurd because obviously President Trump does not create the chaos. He is the only one who's injecting common sense and fixing problems and ending wars. Talk about ending chaos. We've got chaos right now. But absolutely, we need upheaval because look at our country, the energy prices, the grocery prices, you can't afford to buy a home. The American dream is gone right now. We have no border. There's an invasion. Those immigration numbers is amazing, too, Rich, when you think of it, because this invasion that's been going on, the media doesn't cover it. They do not cover it. And yet the people are awake. They see it affecting their daily lives. They see it in their communities. And they're saying, enough, if we don't have a country, or if we don't have a border, we don't have a country. And President Trump says it all the time, and he's so, so right about that. Yeah, that's the difference between lived experience and media narrative, because, you know, maybe you get some hat tips to it on Fox News here and there, but you really do not have yeah. a media in this country covering that issue the way that it really demands and it be covered. I mean, it's probably... Um, it, it is by far up there as one of the top issues. But, you know, there's an argument to make that it is the number one issue. And so many people see it so differently. Women, that suburban women we keep hearing about all the time, they see it about safety. You know, and then you have the working man and woman who see it about the economy. It affects everybody. But it, I, I understand what you're saying. It's amazing that that number is that high because it does not get the attention that it deserves. Um, so let's say she continues on to New Hampshire, on after New Hampshire, and uh, you know the media tries to spin however the outcome of this is, and you guys roll on in Nevada and South Carolina. Um, you know, you, you, you gotta play the game, right? I mean, of course, it's you would prefer to pivot to the general and just you know start building the get out the vote operation that the, the party needs to get. Um, but you know, I, I guess you have to play the game, right? If she just doesn't bow out. Well, the beauty of President Trump is that his message, he, he is what he believes and it doesn't change. Obviously, you know, yeah. certain dynamics change and we, we're wasting the infrastructure. I mean, you're wasting hundreds of millions of dollars in something that was never a competitive primary. All of those debates for nothing. I mean, when everyone knew the people want President Trump. So absolutely, it's it's frustrating, I think, to see these big donors, you know, pouring in money, trying to uh, prevent the real unity from happening. But the amazing thing is also, Rich, unity is happening regardless of what they're trying to promote some non-existent horse race that's not even happening. I mean, the, the party is coming yeah. together behind President Trump. They're coalescing. And so, look, his his number one goal is save this country, and he's going to do all the work that needs to be done. Our team is absolutely incredible that he's put in place. They've done so much work in all of these early states. They're ready for anything, uh, and they're going to continue that work regardless. We're not concerned if she if she tries to limp uh, out of here and continue on. It, the, the people just look at the national polls now. I mean, Rich, it's it's incredible. Uh, after Iowa, because they they saw what that historic vote said. I mean, what the message that sends uh, to the country and to most importantly to the corrupt people in Washington. I mean, this is a movement to be reckoned with. It's not slowing down. 
it's only gaining steam. And, you know, it, whatever, if she wants to just, you know, live in the old uniparty la-la land, uh, that's fine. But the people are, people are moving on. Yeah, let me let me ask you. I was gonna play it, but you know what? I'll spare the people and I'll just give them the gist and get you to react to it because we're coming low on this segment here. She claims she's making the pitch that you know the to the senator t uh, Tim Scott, all these people endorse her because you're the establishment now. <laughs> uh, Liz Harrington, ladies and gentlemen from the Trump campaign, thanks so much for joining us, Liz. Uh, good luck tonight. See you soon. All thanks the best. So much. All right, folks. Thanks for uh, listening, watching everything. I'm Rich Barris, People's Pundit, filling in for Dr. Gorka. See you on the other side. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.